Hey everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Alien Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. I'll be interviewing people about their travel experiences, their travel businesses, and what makes Maine vacation land. Now, we have actually experienced quite a bit in the last year, particularly on tourism. We've seen 20% to 30%, maybe even 40 in some cases, reductions. And of course, loosening up some of the pandemic controls. And, uh, you know, so tonight we're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit more about, you know, Maine's post-pandemic tourism and what we can expect tonight. You know, there's a couple of components to that. There's the business component. Are we prepared? Are we thinking about it? We know a lot of our, our our, um, businesses are um, coming out of something that they've never really experienced before. So we actually have two guests tonight. We have one guest that's actually he's the Director of Government Affairs and Communications for the Maine Tourism Association, Allison Susie. Hi, Allison. Hi, Brian. Well, thank you so much for coming tonight. We're also joined by psychologist um, and PhD, Dr. David Meyer, who is the owner of Health Psych Maine. Thank you so much, David, for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me, Brian. Great, great. So let's just begin a little bit about the numbers, particularly Allison. You know, we know that there's about uh, about 37 million people that visit this state uh, post uh, or, or actually prior pandemic. And, you know, it generated about six to seven billion dollars a year in tourism dollars. Um, what are we what are we expecting right now? What is what is this summer looking to happen right now? Well, I, what we're expecting is to certainly be up significantly from, from 2020, um, but we won't be seeing 2019 numbers um, for, for a couple of reasons. There are people that are still hesitant to travel um, for health and safety reasons, and um, also just people's traveling habits will have changed. So even those that are interested in travel may be doing things differently uh, from from what we've seen before. Um, they may be more comfortable staying in their home state. Um, and then, of course, the Canadian border issue greatly it impacts our numbers for summer travel as well. You know, we've uh, you know we've seen. I think the state has done a great job in terms of just trying to trying to communicate uh, the uh, the pandemic. Uh, controls, you know, wear a mask, um, get vaccinated. Okay, we're, we're at a place right now where I think we've gone over 50% in terms of vaccination at some point. But what that leaves us with is, um, I think, three different types of categories. We have the vaccinated, maybe the ones that are waiting for vaccination, and then there's the ones that are anti-vaxxers, as they call them right now. How do you think that um, the business are, are preparing for that kind of uh, uh, situation? Well, the the governor's uh, latest recommendations um, that came out not too long ago uh, really put really put that back in the hands of of businesses. Um, obviously, they were told to follow the U.S. CDC guidelines uh, for safety, and of course, most of the businesses that have uh, enhanced cleaning and health and safety protocols in place are are keeping a lot of those. Um, However, they are very thankful to get rid of the distancing and capacity limits since that greatly limited um, 
how many folks that they could have as, as guests or, or customers. So I think by leaving it up to the business, it's what works best for you and the type of business you're operating as to whether you require everyone to wear masks right. so you don't get into uh, having to worry about who's vaccinated and who isn't, or you trust people to do what's best for themselves and to follow the recommended guidelines of just wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. So right. the business can make that decision and and they can think about their clientele as they're doing that. Right, right. No, and I think that we've adjusted well and I'm actually quite proud of the manners that I see that have uh, we've, we've never stood in lines before. We've never, um, you know, having to wait for things or where we've seen, um, you know, some things just not available. So there's a lot of newness to this and that kind of leads me to you, Dr. Meyer, where, you know, these guys, there's, there's just two points here, I think, that um, two swim lanes. Like, there's one's like, you know, talking a little about uh, the re entry anxiety that maybe we're f- that individuals are feeling. And then I hear about this thing called pandemic fatigue, you know, and I think that one seems lighter than the other. But what's, what's, your, what's your read on that? Well, I, you know, I think the, um, the re-entry anxiety, I think that's, we're seeing a lot of that. I think APA, American Psychological Association, did some, uh, some, some research on that and found out that over 50% or about 50% of Americans are feeling pretty anxious about returning to, to in-person activities right now. Right. And, you know, I think that also kind of leads to a little bigger issue. But, you know, when, when the pandemic started and everyone was very limited in what they can do and, and there was a lot of uncertainty uh, you know, folks, folks who were who were struggling with a little bit of depression, I think they they, they kind of struggled more because they a lot of their their self care and coping strategies were removed. But people who were a little anxious, you know, they and this is more anecdotal from my experience right. with the mm-hmm. folks that we see at our practice. They they're like, wow, okay, I can do this. Right. <laughs> this is this is working for me. Right. You know, it kind of normalized that uh, that. You know that 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 avoidance or normalize that just staying home is okay, yeah. and so that worked out okay for them. And then what we're seeing now, as people are coming out of that, is we're seeing the people who were struggling with depression are starting to do a lot better. They're getting out. They're they're either resuming some of their activities, or they're you know doing some travel, or or they're figuring out new way new coping strategies. Yeah. Where people who are who you know we're, we're dealing with anxiety. They're, they're, they have a, a little bit more of an uh, uphill climb at this point yeah. uh, because even if they've t- if they were able to kind of conquer some of that anxiety in the past, mm-hmm. now they've had a year, you know, over a year of of, of more more self isolation, not having to interact with people, and it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for them to. Yeah. Uh, to, to come or for some people it's been difficult for them to, to resume some of the activities they used to do you know it's it's interesting but uh david and alice we um i was out into portland last weekend and and again i'm even feeling um you know should i wear a mask you know where should i, oh, I have one in my pocket i've got you know so i'm always like on contingency alert or you know i don't want to offend anybody i want to make sure that i've got this but you know but portland was was just jammed last week in restaurants you know people walking around and it felt a sense of um normal i'm i'm doing finger quotes right now but at the same time you know it felt like are we are we okay you know is if this is this going to do okay so you know here's the thing that i'm going to ask you allison is that you know where, where are travelers expected to come from this year this summer um i think we will see uh our usual markets returning to us uh minus our canadian visitors uh, for the moment anyway. Um, So, you know, normally, obviously, the bulk of our visitors are largely from New England, 
uh, followed by the Mid-Atlantic. And, um, you know, our, our trends as far as just looking at the, um, the states uh, that pe- where people are looking um, at our at our website to to plan things, yeah. um, it, it's pretty it's pretty typical. You know, uh, Massachusetts ranks near the top with you know New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut um, following. So I think we'll see um, mu- much of the same, and and those are the markets that have been where the state uh, does the bulk of their advertising as well. So. Now, uh, we would expect to see that. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing um, I'm seeing some publications indicate that, of course, you know, um, I think it was, um, you know, Travelocity or saying that almost 70% of people that have visited to book in Maine, um, I think about uh, 80% actually booked for between now and August. Uh, hotel accommodations so that's a, for them that's that's a huge it's not just looking and shopping it's actually executing right saying i better get it now if not i'm going to be booked out do you see that that's going to be an issue moving forward um capacity and uh reservations definitely um because the workforce shortage is is driving some of that. So while all the all the businesses are grateful to have uh, renewed interest in in travel and and the ability of people to come back to Maine um, and and to not have capacity restrictions, some of them have capacity restrictions just due to the fact that they don't have the staff to serve as many people as they as they might like um you can't open as many hotel rooms if you don't have the number of housekeepers you need um and and some of those issues um so we are seeing that that bookings are definitely up people are planning planning ahead um you know that pent-up demand of not being able to do it last year contributes to that and then i also think uh just because people don't know as we've had this moving target of what's allowed, what's acceptable in each state at which date that people are more cognizant of not just doing something on a whim that you really should plan. So Mm -hmm. you know what you're getting into. So we definitely are seeing reservations and, and we know um, our businesses and, and other tourism associations as well as us are actively encouraging visitors that, you know, please book, please plan in advance to make sure that you can go and do all the things you want to do when you get here. So make right. those, make those reservations. Yeah. No, we were up in Bar Harbor recently sure. and we thought off the, uh, off the cuff that we would start to uh, go, go rent a sailboat or we thought we'd get on a, every single thing was booked. There was no way. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was a reminder to us that we should, we should actually, uh, you know, plan ahead, you know, who knew? And uh, so, so David, I'm a product of the seventies. I'm, I know I'm, we had the we had the uh, the station wagon with uh, you know three or four kids and two dogs and you know traveling around. I'm starting to feel that now here in Maine, where people are doing this thing called staycation. You know, what words um, of advice do you have about that family stress? About you know, because a lot of us you know aren't, aren't this is night this is seems new to a lot of people now where they're staying in cars and going to campsites and they're they're kind of uh, you know sequestered or you know to their to to a car or campsite. You know, what, what words can you give them you know coming out of this uh, this pandemic well i'm just glad to see so many people coming out you know as it's safe as people are vaccinated i think it's fantastic mm-hmm. to see them especially being outside i mean that's that's going to be the safest thing and 
you know, Maine has a lot of that to offer. And then just kind of, kind of also going on what Allison was talking about. You know, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that a lot of the people who come to Maine are repeat visitors. They come year after year after year. And some of the early, early kind of research that that has been done on the impact of co- of the pandemic on on travel is that. We're, they're seeing a, a, a strong increase in destination loyalty. Right. People want, want to go back to places where they're familiar. They want to go back to, they, they kind of want to know what to expect. And I think that goes into the question that you were asking, uh, Brian, right. is I, I think that, that we want to encourage people, especially if they're feeling a little anxious or they're not sure about it, you know, outside is going to be your safest bet. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and being in places you're comfortable with. Uh, you know, getting out to the state parks. I was out. I was out at Camden Hill State Park today hiking mm-hmm. and had a wonderful time. I think it's restorative to get get outside, especially since uh, many, many of us are working from home. Yeah. We're not even getting out much to have these like micro interactions. You know, I think we discount the importance of just saying hi to people. Yes. You know, start talking to the person at the convenience store or the, or the grocery store. That's important for for people, and so we're not even having those, or, or we're having limited no, a number of those. And um, and so the more we can get out, get outside, enjoy nature, you know, have some of those micro interactions are really important. You know, I've actually run into some other new buzzwords that I haven't heard before. One called, and Allison, have you heard of this called travel bubbles? And what this means is that people are kind of picking two or three locations and they're saying they're going to stay with, you know, to, to, to David's point, um, into these, these certain industries or things that I'm familiar with. Now, are you seeing some kind of trends or expectation of trends of people kind of staying in their own travel bubbles? And what are those, what are those uh, industries or areas that maybe they might stay closer to? Well, I think as we saw last year, um, it will continue this year that there is that uh, there is that push, that uptick in people taking advantage of outdoor recreation who weren't inclined to do that before. Um, that when you feel unsafe going to a big city destination for your recreation, you try something new, right? So we saw last year that you know, you couldn't purchase a kayak if you wanted to, um, you know, and, and bikes were flying off the shelves mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. And, and that's great that people were exposed to that because Maine is this outdoor recreational paradise. Um, and more people, including Mainers, um, have kind of gotten that nudge to take advantage yeah. of that uh, from last year. And so that's definitely going to continue continue this year as well. Yeah, are we starting to see, um, you know, are, are things like whale watching or things like your, you know, maybe smaller tours. We interviewed somebody uh, last week on uh, kayaking and um, and oyster shucking, you know, put those two things together, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, a, you know, a, a group of uh, um, classmates uh, came to Maine and last minute they found a tour on that and they thought it was great and have recommended all their friends from away to, to come to Maine to try something like that. Are you seeing any new trends that are popping up as a result of people these stay vacations or people uh, from away and, you know, uh, local um, I don't know if there's a lot that's brand brand new. I think I think it's things that are there, but we're a little bit more of of niche markets, as I say, that are expanding. Um, you, you know, um, fat tire biking and um, and like you say, some of the 
some of the uh, fishing experiences, um, lobster boats and things like that, of doing more of that, um, stand-up paddle boarding, um, it, but even just even just the you know the hiking, the kayaking, um, those sorts of things just continue to to grow um, more than more than we've seen in in the past. Right, right now. now if uh, I can add, yeah, add to ahead. that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, what I've been hearing talking to some people who who own um, you know, outdoor adventure kind of uh, facilities up north. What I'm hearing is people are requesting kind of a, a family tour for the, for a moose tour or a wildlife tour. Um, you know, I hear people talking about taking advantage of lobster boat tours where right. they get to go out on the on the lobster boat. You know, those are things where those are great first steps because you can have this family, uh, you know, of your your family or maybe a small group of, of friends. And and you can feel you know kind of build that confidence in getting back out and doing things. And, yeah, and wanna, I think Maine yeah. has a lot of opportunities for that. You know, and, and Dr. Meyer, I want to talk a little bit about that confidence of being overzealous. You know, this sometimes it can feel. And there's different age groups. You know, and there's like. Um, it's it's almost like the first college student being released from their parents for the first time. You know, they 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 try beer too much, or you know, they, so so right now, you know, you're going to have some people they're going to you know I've been sequestered. I want to go do something that I've never done before. You know, and there's there's different types of anxiety that goes with that. Maybe uh, you know when it actually happens, I'm going to jump out of an airplane. I'm going to you know all these things. Let's talk a little bit about that, Dr. Meyer. What do you think about those individuals that are trying to to really push themselves? Well, and I think that's kind of what we started to talk about earlier was that pandemic fatigue. You know, yeah. we're kind of tired of being pushed up, of, of, of closed in. And so, 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 yeah, you have a portion of the population who want to, to really kind of jump into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think some people are going to be okay with that. But I think uh, I think we're going to see more people wanting to kind of ease themselves into the pool rather than, you know, kind of jumping and cannonballing in right right away. Yeah. Um, I love the cannonballing. You know, but I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a big fan of, yeah. of just doing it. You know, if, if right. you can choose, be, you know, to, to be active or not be active, choose, choose, choose activity. Yeah, you know, get yeah. out and do some of these things. But I, I think if if you're noticing that you're you're um, there's some difficulty or struggle with that, then you do want to ease into it. Maybe go to familiar places, go to places that have smaller groups. You know, maybe doing one of these activities, hiking, camping, that you can do more as a as a family, and then start to broaden out um, from there. You know, you know, my biggest concern is just people people who, who may uh, kind of struggle and, and, and avoid some of these activities. We know that that avoidance kind of feeds that anxiety. Yeah. And the more you avoid something, the, the, the easier it is to continue to avoid it. So and I am so a, I'm a... notice that... Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that, you know, there, there's a lot of different, uh, we're starting to see concerts, you know, larger venues, not just the family outing, you know, that um, I know a lot of people come from Boston just because to see co- concerts in Maine, because they're just so, they're just better, you know, they're outdoors, they're, they're just scenic, um, you know, so there's going to be people actually gathering in those, uh, those bigger uh, population environments, um, you know, what are you, what's your advice for, for people that are entering those kind of things for the first time? I mean, if they're comfortable with it, I'd say go for it. If you know, especially if it's a, if it's if it's safe, um, I think that that's that would be great to do. I mean, one of the things that some of the early research is finding is that people are kind of overestimating crowd sizes. So you know, when when shown a picture of a restaurant or shown a picture of a um, you know some type of sporting event with with crowds, mm-hmm. that their 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 estimate of how large those crowds are. 
uh, right now is a lot bigger than they used to be. You right. know, so we we're, we used to be kind of kind of uh, see used to seeing these large crowds. It was normal. It was no big deal. But now I think people are are, are a little more hesitant, and that we're seeing that in some of that some of that early early research. But I think that if you can go out, especially if you're vaccinated, I think it's good to do that. Okay, that's great advice. And uh, Allison, you know, spending, um, you know, what are we seeing for uh, spending uh, coming? I know that we, I, I think I saw some numbers about 27% uh, reduction in spending last year, but give us some numbers around, um, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, during pandemic and where we are, what we expect uh, in the next year or two. Yeah, well, you're right. The um, the state estimated that there was roughly a 30 percent uh, loss in revenue uh, coming from uh, kind of meals and restaurant um, and lodging uh, taxes. Um, but what that number doesn't take into account, there were a few segments that did quite well mm-hmm. last year. Um, you know, you had your campgrounds and cabins and some of the um, short-term rentals and things like that did did well. Um, But then you had others that were closed down completely. Um, Obviously any large group activities, you, you know, you had your concerts, fairs, festivals, um, theaters, and particularly without youth camps, without uh, group and business travel, your tour operators um, lost almost all of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone doing charter bus type things, um, uh, charter boat tours. So, you know, there were some that experienced pretty much a hundred percent loss as they were closed down right. completely, um, and and then others uh, skated along without a huge loss. So, um, you know, our the predictions that we're seeing from our members uh, just looking at what happened over Memorial Day weekend that, you know, we had about 36% um, of our members polled said that their Memorial Day weekend business was 75 to 100% of what it normally is on a Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And almost 20% said they did better than normal. Mm-hmm. So that oh, wow. you know that's a per, that's a pretty good pretty good chunk, um, and and thirty percent were below seventy five uh, percent of what they normally expect for business on Memorial Day. Yeah. So you know you you look at those numbers and it and it bodes it bodes well for the future. Um, some businesses will have more of an uphill climb than others, as I say, those mm-hmm. dependent on group group travel, business travel. Um, you know that that's going to come back more slowly than the individual drive market traffic that we have. Um, but all in all, you know, tourism is incredibly resilient as an industry, and Maine in particular has a lot of good things going for it yeah. to to recover. You know, with these, uh, yeah, the the numbers that we see, you know, like that six point two billion dollars, and if we were to break that down, just so our listeners from Maine can understand a little bit about, you know, is there a, is there a travel, like I, I guess, an average spend per visitor number that's ever mentioned or, or used? Uh, probably the state has that offhand, but I couldn't tell you what it is. <laughs> okay. Now, you know, there's another thing, too, is that there's 16% um, employment is contributed in Maine to tourism. Is that sound about an accurate percentage? 
And right now we're having sixteen percent of employment in the state is uh, is contributed to tourism. Um, yeah. Yeah. And now, how how is how are people dealing with that? Um, you know, getting people back to work. That is an issue. I know it's an issue with my friends that own excursions, and it's an issue with um, you know restaurants and the hospitality industry. It's a huge issue, and and it was an issue even before the pandemic. Uh, the workforce, um, workforce and cost of doing business were were the two uh, biggest challenges to our members pre-pandemic, and and workforce um, has <laughs> that challenge has has just continued to grow yeah. as we try to recover from the pandemic. Unfortunately, so um, as I was saying earlier, we we do unfortunately have some. Uh, a number of businesses that we hear from who can't open fully just because of staffing concerns right. and they they don't want to fully open and not be able to service customers to the level that that is acceptable right they yeah. want anyone who who comes to their establishment to be you know fully taken care of and treated well and right. and uh, get everything they're paying for so rather than um, give people a bad experience they're forced to you know m- not fully open and and so that you know that's a huge challenge it and is. as they say it's it's been an ongoing challenge mm-hmm. um Maine, Maine Tourism Association opened a staffing solutions branch mm-hmm. um, of our business about three years ago. And it was just designed to, as a membership organization, what else can we do to help our members? Right. And since workforce was a challenge, we said, let's try and facilitate that. So the goal of that program is for, for businesses who are members of MTA, couple different levels of service where we're trying to bring out-of-state folks to Maine to work during the peak seasons Um, and but you know the 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 pool of employees just it just isn't out there I Mm -hmm. mean I I just talked to someone the other day who you know they're paying housekeepers 16 to 20 dollars an hour and they still can't get all that they need right right now, now, Dr. Meyer, that's actually one of the things that really come to mind with not just uh, you know the, the people I know, but you know it used to be a, a good thing to say I'm, I'm an entrepreneur or I own my own business, but now um, having a restaurant is very stressful. I've had friends and people that we probably all know have had to close down. Or um, let's talk a little bit about that. That um, you know we have to have some concern for these frontline people in our tourist industry that are dealing with those kinds of issues every day. And as we speak. How am I going to get between here and and Labor Day? Right, and I think I think also just making sure that that as consumers that, that we're respecting them and yeah. that we're you know following any rules that the establishments have uh, uh, have requested of of their patrons. Um, you know, and and I think it's the self care is is a big thing. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's for the travelers or whether it's for the the, the people serving them mm-hmm. is making sure because because people I've you know I've People that we work with are taking on several jobs because they can now. There's right. there's a lot of need, and so you know what I'm hearing a lot of is that people are are overworking, and this is just the start of the summer season. Right. And you know people are saying, well, I'm working at two or three different places. Every place you know kind of needs me as much as possible. You know, so what what we're doing is working with folks on on self care. You know, yeah. how do you set some limits? You know, 
what what is it that you need? You know, how can you, and even if you don't have the, the quantity of time, how can you increase the quality of that self-care mm-hmm. so you can get the most out of it? You know, it's just been brutal on um, on some of the people that I'm thinking of in terms of their restaurant businesses and, uh, you know, the number of hours they have to put in to recover for those uh, lack of uh, uh, employee capacity. And um, it's Allison, so, you know, what a merchant, what a merchants and tour operators need to think about better, I think, this year and in the future of, of what we've just experienced. Is, are there things, what are the lessons that they need to kind of fortify themselves with? Well, I think one of the lessons that that will be taken away from this is that there are different ways of doing business, mm-hmm. and those can work. Now, obviously, no one wants to go back to uh, the strict restrictions that we had, but it did force folks to do business a different way, and we expect to see some of that continue. Right. Um, you know, restaurants that didn't do takeout before will probably continue to do it because they found that that works for them. Um, You know, businesses that didn't have outdoor seating managed, you know, restaurants managed to create it. And some of that also can be turned around to what lessons did the government learn. Mm -hmm. And when you have uh, towns who allowed for certain things that might not have been permitted before, such as closing down a part of a street or allowing a business to, to have a small eating area that was outdoors that wouldn't have been, that, <laughs> that people realized, oh, this works and the world didn't fall apart because we, you know, we made this change to our, to our regulations. Right. And so right. I would expect that a lot of that will will continue. And as I say, uh, you know, just thinking about, uh, you know, all, everyone who certainly restaurants, hotels, and and other types of businesses, but particularly those, they have pretty strict um, health and safety regulations to start with. And they were all very willing to step up and, and, and go to the the recommendations and the requirements of, of the state of Maine during the pandemic and even going further than that. Um, you know, so some of that I think will, will stick around, um, you know, just, just let's take that extra step to be cautious, um, in, in whatever way seems to make sense for them. Yeah. So, so here's the real question. This, this is a tough one for you, Allison. And I, I think that, um, you know, the state has done a great job in guiding us through this pandemic. Never been there before. This is all new. You know, this is never saw on a business plan global pandemic. Okay, this is, you know, so so we have uh, we're kind of as we call it battle tested now. If you've made it through this, you can almost make it through anything. But um, thinking about the state is that this is the state efforts in attracting tourism. Are we doing a good job? Is our state um, laser focused on how to um, how to cater to uh, international, domestic, and, and local tourism? Yes, we we've been very fortunate. Uh, the main office of tourism um, is the state agency. It falls under the Department of Economic and Community Development, mm-hmm. and um, they are the ones who take care of all of the destination marketing for Maine. So all of the advertising that 
one would see if you're living outside of Maine uh, that's getting you interested in, in planning a trip to Maine, that, that comes from them. And they have done a great job over the years. I mean, until we hit 2020, there were year after year increases in the number of visitors and the economic activity. And um, we're fortunate that there is a dedicated uh, tourism marketing fund uh, within the department mm-hmm. so that a, it's a very small percentage, but a small percentage of all the revenue raised from meals and lodging taxes, yeah. uh, 95% of that revenue goes to the general fund and it's spent on anything the state wants to spend it on. But right. 5% of, of those dollars are dedicated um, because it's being raised from tourism. It turns around and goes to promote tourism to bring folks to Maine. Right. And they've done a great job with return on investment. Uh, to bring folks to Maine through their marketing efforts. So I have to say also, just in um, in full transparency, that all the different tour operators, the different people that we interview on this show, I ask a very similar question. And, uh, you know, from whitewater rafting to um, to kayakers, uh, shucking lobsters to you know, all kinds of different types, they've all given the state um, some, some pretty high points in their communication and availability. So um, I continue to hear that over and over again. So I just want to, I want to, um, uh, Dr. Meyer, I want to give you uh, an opportunity to, are there, are there some closing comments that you would like to share with our listeners um, just about uh, their own personal care and, uh, and, and, and how to look at this as they move forward throughout the summer? Yeah, I hope, I just hope to see people getting out more and more. And, and I guess the big thing that I would want to focus on is if you're noticing that reluctance, if you're, you know, coming up with excuses not to get out, not to do things, even though you feel relatively safe, if you think that that anxiety is playing a role in there, um, there's a lot of real simple things you can do, you know, uh, exposure-based interventions that you can do on your own, as well as reaching out to uh, to a therapist if that's some, if it's if it's really getting in the way of of your quality of life or mm-hmm. even your job. Um, I've talked with I've worked with some people who've reached out for uh, for assistance because they're they don't they're 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 experiencing high levels of anxiety about returning to the office. Right. And so you know it, those kind of things can be dealt with, and and oftentimes a very you know, few number of sessions using cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. using um, different forms of exposure, and it, it can be done. You know, now it's kind of it's kind of nice. We're seeing an ease of being able to connect with a therapist online. You know, right. doing teletherapy sessions, and so if you know if you're noticing that and you're concerned about it, reach out for help. You know, one yeah. of the places I think a lot of places the best place to start oftentimes is with your primary care provider. They usually have a therapist who works in some of the primary care offices or at least have good, you know, good connections with folks in the community. You can also go to the Maine Psychological Association. And they have a whole section on how to find a, a provider. You know, so don't hesitate. If, you're, if, if you feel that, 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 some, that, that anxiety is getting in the way of getting back into the swing of things, reach out for help. Great. That's great advice. And Allison, Susie, what, uh, how can uh, our local uh, folks, as well as from away, um, where's a great resource for them to, to chime into if they're trying to, to plan and advance their, uh, their, their tourisms? Uh, well, um, <laughs> the best resource would be our website, um, maintourism.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, our our most visited page for the last year was of was of course our um, our 
travel information page, uh, since people were obviously curious about the, the restrictions and so forth. But um, uh, our website, uh, because we are not just a business association, we're also a travel planning association. Mm-hmm. Um, we run the seven state visitor information centers. Um, so those folks, if you want to talk to people in person, pick up brochures um, or use their electronic kiosk to do any planning, you can at any one of those visitor centers. But um, our website has uh, booking features for activities and lodging uh, where you instantly can can find availability and, and do instant booking. And there's also a travel planning page to help you search through and find whether you want to see covered bridges, go whale watching, stand up paddle boarding, whatever. Yes, I want to do it all. I want to do it all. Yes. (laughs) It's all right there, and you can can plan it through there. Okay. Can I give you my visa card right now? I'm going to give it to you right now. Just plan some stuff for me, Allison. (laughs) Hey, listen, thank you so much. Dr. David Meyer, thank you very much for your time. Allison Susie from the Maine Tourism Association. This is Brian Bickford, Mainly Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian.